0: listening to the cars of carlisle network podcast episode 75 tony jackson dirt track champion cars of carlisle is your favorite internationally downloaded podcast about all things automotive Darren and his C of C team are ever searching for interesting automotive happenings, real stories about real car people, and fun features to inform and entertain you. Each week, the Cars of Carlisle crew brings you show topics ranging from car shows, to team adventures, to auto racing weekends, to behind-the-scenes human interest stories, from car nuts that live across town, across the country, or even across the globe. Come join the road trip. Today, meet local dirt track racing champion, Tony Jackson. Listen in to hear what it's like to pilot a 600-plus horsepower super sportsman machine around quarter, three-eighths, and half-mile tracks in the central Pennsylvania region. As a young talent, Tony is no stranger to open-wheel racing. He has grown up at the track learning car handling skills from his father, Larry Jackson, an extremely successful retired racer and wrenching in the pits with his cousin, Barry Jackson. The Jackson family has spent many seasons the front of the pack and in the winner circles of various tracks. Fire up the 320 cubic inch race engines, it's time to meet a 2019 Path Valley Track Champion. So let's get revved up. Hello and welcome back Cubers to your favorite informative automotive podcast. I am your trusted host Darren and this is episode 75 and in this i sat down with a 30 something race car driver in this area tony jackson he comes from a long line of uh, racing family members and he is a very very dynamic driver very smooth on the track in fact i spent uh, most of the 2019 season checking up uh, his racing style uh, some weekends with friends and uh, he is just very smooth in traffic will hear him talk about what it's like piloting a super sportsman. What impresses me is the fact no matter where he starts in the field, he can work his way up through and thread like a needle to get up into the top two, top three positions easily. Uh, a very, very gifted and naturally talented driver. So excited for you to hear more about that. Before we get into the trivia question and jump to the interview with uh, Tony, I want to take this time to tell you all about the things that are happening with our friends at the AACA Museum. It's Fall Meet Week in Hershey. The AACA Museum is excited to welcome their friends from all around the world. The museum will close at noon on Wednesday, October 9th so that they can prepare for the Night at the Museum event. This is a fun evening of friends and fellowship in the hobby where this year they're going to honor Carlisle Events co-founders Bill Miller Jr. and Chip Miller. Call the AACA Museum directly for any remaining tickets that are available if you'd like to attend. Phone number there is 717-566-7100. The museum will open late on the 10th of October and the 11th of October, but staying open until 9 p.m. This allows anyone that's attending the Fall Meat Field event to then go over and check things out at the museum. Also join them on Friday morning, the 12th of October, from 8 to 30 a.m. to 10.30 a.m. for your chance to go behind the scenes. Caffeine Behind the Scenes is an event allowing you to have exclusive access to the museum's collection of storage garage. You'll get to explore 50 to 75 additional vehicles that are currently not on view in the main museum. Coffee and donuts are served while supplies last. No advance registration necessary. Join the fund from 8.30 to 10.30 a.m. on the 12th of October. Admission is by donation to support the AACA museum. The event sponsor that they'd like to thank is National Parts Depot. Visit aacamuseum.org for full details. Just follow the road directly behind the museum to find the garage. Parking is available in the main museum parking lot. Also on Saturday, the 12th of October, teens and parents are encouraged to attend the Stay Alive While Driving program from 1 to 2 p.m. Professional race car driver Lauren Elmer will be there to share tips and techniques to drivers of all ages and how best to avoid car accidents. He will also discuss teen driving while teens are distracted drivers and what parents can do to help with that. He'll also talk about unintended acceleration and what drivers can do if that happens. This program is free with your visit to the AACA museum on Saturday, October 12th. What they ask is that you register in advance so that they can prepare adequately. As far as this week's trivia question, let's keep it around the dirt track and this is what I have in mind. Name three distinct differences between a sprint car and a super sportsman race car. That answer at the end of this episode. So now let's head towards Newville, Pennsylvania and sit down with Tony Jackson. Hello, Cubers. This is Darren, and I am just west of Carlisle. And I'm at the home of Tony Jackson. Tony, thanks for having me here this evening. Yep, no problem. <laughs> Tony is a full-time landscaper and business owner and also a super sportsman, dirt track racer, and that's why we're here to talk. I've, I've seen him race throughout this season, and uh, Tony, definitely want to talk a little bit about how you got into it, and even for those that maybe aren't as familiar with this um, discipline of racing, where, you know, the roots of it, and, and uh, you know, of course, you growing up through it with your father, Larry, and some other things, mm-hmm. so talk a little bit about uh, Super Sportsman, and, and how you worked your way up to get to where you are today.
1: Yeah, so basically, I got, uh, I kind of was... Like you said raised in it, um my dad raced uh super sportsman at Silver Springs from the oh mid to late seventies up into the early nineties um most years with my uncle so uh given away given away my age a little bit i was born in <laughs> I was born in eighty four so obviously you know once I got to be a few years old i I can remember a lot of it in the late eighties early nineties, so I was there once, you know I grew up at the springs on Saturday nights when I was My son's age now, five, six, seven, eight years old. Um, And then he kind of got out of it. Uh, And then as a teenager, uh, before I started racing, my cousin, which would be my dad's brother's son, so he's my first cousin, Barry Jackson, he is a uh, mechanic for a sprint car team, Mm -hmm. um, which is similar to what we race, a little bit different. And uh, he's been involved in local racing here, uh, All-Star Circuit of Champions, which basically like an Ohio deal and then obviously now he's involved with the World of Outlaws so he travels coast to coast Uh, and that car's kept just right down the road from here so I I spent a lot of time with him learning the ropes as far as working on cars and uh, going with him and kind of learn that end of it and then my first opportunity came along I want to say I think around 99 or 2000 Um, I started to race micro sprints at Path Valley Speedway, Mm -hmm. and I raced those through about 2004. I think I raced them five years, and it just got to the point where I was ready to move up Mm -hmm. to another division, but it was so expensive. Um, We had had some success, and it was so expensive, and my dad, um, involved in landscaping also like I am, Um, it's kind of a, you can make an okay income, but it's hard income, it's hard work, Mm so I, I... I hated to uh to see him spend hard-earned money on racing well, at the sure. time. Yeah. So so I kind of backed away from it and quit and went a different route and just enjoyed watching the races mm-hmm. and doing some other stuff and then I want to say let's see we're in 2019 so about 13 Claire Finkenbinder approached me and said about coming back and racing and I I knew I wanted to do it, but I wasn't sure I still could do it because I got a little older and hadn't been in it for so long, and <laughs> uh, had had married my wife since. I mean, she was not brought up in racing or anything like that, so so I had to run it by her, and she was okay with it. And uh, so here we are now, six years later, and uh, won a championship this year. <laughs> Absolutely, that's
0: pretty amazing. In fact, so um, that was one that you really had it. You had the clutch on pretty much throughout mm-hmm. the season.
1: Yeah, so um just to roll back one year we had uh my, my car owner had some tragedy last year he lost his son to a to a uh, to a an accident mm-hmm. and uh we decided that we were gonna race again full time. We kinda had took the year before off prior to running part time. Mm-hmm. We decided to come back this year and race at Path Valley full time in the wingless series and uh our goal was to win a race and ultimately win the championship which we succeeded we won two races and the championship so so it was it was a good year um with the wins we'd like to have a few more wins but we're not complaining two wins in the championship's not too bad but uh so it's been a it's been a fun year and uh it's been a trying year just with all the uh with all the just uh the emotions and stuff Mm -hmm. from from everything that happened last year and it seemed like there
0: was a pretty neat tribute just this past weekend,
1: yeah, yeah, so this past weekend was our was our final points night, which we wrapped up and won the points, and then they also had the uh the p a micro sprints there, and that's what Britton, his son was starting to to drive mm-hmm. last year uh before before uh before this happened and uh so he was a a young and upcoming you mm-hmm. know future raced car driver and so while they were there with us this week they had a tribute race for him where they ran uh, 17 laps in tribute to his his uh, car number number, the Mm -hmm. same as ours Mm -hmm. and uh and uh had a little extra pay on the line for them Mm -hmm. too so so yeah it was it was kind of cool and for those that uh, may have seen
0: uh, tony race the the bounty hunter want to talk a little bit about (laughs) i I, I know you probably told this story of 407 times yeah
1: so um Oh, it's probably been four years ago. The Wingless Series was just getting started. They've been, I think, around... I think this was the sixth year or the fifth. I lose track. Mm -hmm. But uh, it's been at least four years ago. And uh, the the gentleman that was winning a lot of the races up there when they first started, his name was Carmen Perigo Jr. Uh, He still wins races when he runs with us. He doesn't race with us weekly, but he runs here and there. And uh, he was winning everything, every race he ran. The first year, there were six uh, wingless shows and I think he won all six. Wow. And the second year, uh, we had 12 shows and I think he won the first couple. And then we started to race. We we decided we were running wing shows at the time. We were running the regular super sportsman wing series. Mm-hmm. We decided we wanted to try our hand in the wingless. So we went up And the first time we, we really liked it. So we kept going back. Well, we kept getting faster and faster and <laughs> faster. And, Finally, they put a they put a little bounty out on Carmen because he had won, I think, maybe eight of the first ten shows wow. they've had in this series, and no one could beat him, and uh, not too far into that second year, our first year there racing, after they put the bounty on him with the extra money, we actually won it. We beat him, <laughs> finally beat him. We were the first guy to beat him, I think, or something. I'm not sure he had won so many or all but all of them, and... Uh, and so they, the the announcer at the at the track, Mike Donald, he kind of, uh, I guess, gave me that nickname, the Bounty Hunter, mm-hmm. <laughs> and, it, and it has stuck with me. No, well, it's in the so, the graphics.
0: For those, yeah. we'll try and get some photos out there on Instagram. But the car is uh, very cool with, yeah. Uh, with
1: the yeah. Graphic. We we went with uh, with that up the side the past two years as far as the the name Bounty Hunter, and it kind of kind of sticks out. It's oh, pretty it cool. It
0: does stand out. It really does. <laughs> Well, for those that maybe aren't as familiar with Super Sportsman, it's it's similar to sprints, but it's a it's a little different animal altogether. Do you want to talk about the setup, the chassis, and yeah, of course, so, obviously the lack of wings? And mm-hmm.
1: so the the Super Sportsman's been around for years. Uh, like I said, our, the home track for for Super Sportsman was Silver Springs for years, and unfortunately, that it's it's went away, and now it's a Wegmans and all that. But mm-hmm. um, after they left there, they went to Susquehanna for a short time. And basically wound back up at Williams Grove for quite a few years. Uh, I got the privilege to race at Williams Grove my first two years in, this, in the series when I raced, and I think it was 14 and 15, and we actually won the last Saturday night race wow. at Williams Grove. And it was my first race I ever won. So I got my name in the record books at Williams Grove. That's which incredible. was Which was pretty cool. Yeah. Because um, it's one of the most historic dirt tracks in the in the country right so i did get a win there um after two years of racing there um the the series moved to to susquehanna which is now considered baps motor speedway and we got a couple wins there with the wing um when we were doing double duty we were racing there on saturday nights and path valley on friday nights so that's where the the super sportsman series is active now they race at baps on saturday nights and uh the wingless series races at Path Valley on Saturday nights, but the series is similar to to uh, like a uh, a sprint car. Other than the motors are a little different, uh, we mm-hmm. run we're, we're you know our cubic inch size is smaller, so less horsepower equals less money to build them. Sure. Um, let's see. The the frames are similar but a little different. We the tubing's a little different on the bottom um, and a little heavier. Uh, our cars are roughly seventeen hundred and fifty pounds. And I haven't kept up with it, but I think sprint cars are in the thirteen to fourteen hundred mm-hmm. pound range um and I think their motors now are probably in the nine hundred horsepower range where ours is in the sixes six six fifty okay. mm-hmm. uh maybe even less than that but so anyhow, there is a difference there and uh and like I said, there's also a difference in what it costs to to run a four ten sprint car versus a a, a super sportsman mm-hmm. um so so that varies a little bit, but all in all you know it's, it's still, just as exciting yeah it's just as exciting um sometimes actually more exciting just because of the way the format works um i know i, I try to get this to, to some sprint car races to watch my to watch my cousin because like i said he's a mechanic for a for a word of outlaw team and sprint car racing i feel is uh it, it's still exciting but it's just there's the passing's not there like it mm-hmm. used to be i'm not sure if there's just if it's a tire combination they have right now or just the, the large wings on the cars, just have them, have them glued to the track or, or what it is. Mm-hmm. But I know since I've went wingless racing full time and even when I was doing both, it's def- wingless racing for any kid out there that's starting. I know wingless racing definitely makes you a better driver Mm -hmm. because you learn car control so much better and like i said that's not a shot at any wing series Mm -hmm. anywhere because i like running wings too but it's just physics it's yeah it is and the car is they do not handle i mean i always said you know to make a good race you want the car you don't really want the cars to handle the best because the better they handle i feel the less passing there's going to be so Mm -hmm. if you take the wings off and they don't handle as good you're going to have cars that are that are really good or, or off a little bit or whatever. So you're going to have some, you know, some, uh, some changes there. So you're going to have guys that, you know, are better than other guys with making their car work, you know, versus where if the wing is just has the car planted, I feel like there's, uh, it's, it's more somewhere. equalized. Exactly. Yeah. It's more equalized. It's like NASCAR, right? yep. Everything
0: is just pretty much yep. governed and it's
1: just yep. so. And yep. So like I said, I mean, that's nothing that's like i said that's not a hit it that's not a hit on wing racing it's Mm -hmm. just my my personal uh my opinion on it right now and and i mean like i said i love going to watch a a sprint car race it's just um when you get used to going and watching cars start 9th 10th 11th 12th and, and win races um that doesn't happen too often when you go to a sprint car race um and what i was referring to there was like our series uh you know our high point man or the winner from the previous week, the, you know, the way we handicap our system, mm-hmm. you start somewhere between 9th and 12th, and a lot of times, the winner, you know, comes from 7th, 8th, 9th, 10th, 11th, 12th, where sprint car racing, it's usually off the front row. Yeah. So. Um, and,
0: and Tony's being very, very humble. I've been to a handful of his races at Path Valley this year, and just that, going from second, or from ninth to second, yeah. or working your way all the way up through the field, and one of the things, Tony, that I've noticed is your patience. I mean obviously, mm-hmm. it's almost like chess, and, and, yeah. and you're the driver I'm not, yeah. but it's, I've noticed where there are times if you are there you've got, you're pushed down to the inside and you like to run high and clean, you'll actually back off the throttle, you know drop a couple positions, two, three positions, thread your way back up. Take the high line and then drop back down. Yeah, you, you're constantly looking at it from a strategic standpoint, and I think that's pretty important.
1: Yeah, and basically what you're doing there is, you know, you have 30 laps to get it done. And if you start ninth, obviously the sooner you get to the front, the better. But also you can't put yourself in danger. And it kind of depends on how you're how you're racing. Uh, you know, if if it's like, for instance, this past Saturday night, you know, going into the deal, we wanted to win the race. We always want to mm-hmm. win, but we knew also the big picture was was to win the points, and we knew where we had to finish. If the guy we were we were racing, Billy Bryan, would win the race, which um, he started eighth in the feature, I started ninth. Um, he got going really good early on and got to the lead fairly quick, probably within like the first eight or nine laps. You guys really push each other. And, too. Yeah, we do. We do. Mm-hmm. We race hard against one another, which is pretty cool because he's a veteran and uh, he respects me, and I respect him a lot because he's uh, he's did well in his career and uh, he's a great addition to our series there that uh, that we have going. Um, cuz he's won a lot of 410 sprint races and to have somebody like that um racing with us up there it's just pretty cool but but uh but anyhow you know he got to the lead pretty quick Saturday night and I think we were stuck in 7th for quite a while and I just kind of was riding by my time and kind of m- narrowly missed a, an accident right in front of us that we got through that 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 really helped us get up through there and then our car just kept getting better and better at the end and we actually ended up finishing second to him Saturday night, but we really didn't even fall into second till about a lap and a half to go. I got <laughs> by uh Joey Biassi for second, and uh really didn't have no time to to be able to race Billy um because it took us a while to get up through sure. there and I, and I did race a little bit more cautious than I normally do, but like you said you're you're just always searching whether mm-hmm. the high line's where you want to be the low line i I tend to try to race where they're not i i you know I, i've learned it uh just through mentors my dad different people you want to try to make your car work where everybody else is not running yeah and if they're running the bottom you want to try to make your car work on the top because obviously they're not in your lane uh or vice versa and uh saturday night was a little tricky it was mostly a bottom track so uh we typically are better on the top but our car was working really good on the Mm -hmm. bottom saturday night Mm -hmm. so but uh, yeah, that's just a chess game you play every week. <laughs> yeah, you've got it
0: down. What um, walk us through for those that aren't as familiar with open wheel and, and dirt track? I mean, that first time you went out in a, in a super sportsman, I'm sure the 600 plus horsepower—it had to have been a pretty amazing thrill.
1: Yeah. So the first time, because I can definitely remember. <laughs> Uh, we went to Lincoln Speedway for the 410. That's a half mile, right? It's a, three a three eights, Lincoln's eights, okay. a, Lincoln right. is a three Um We went there the opening, I think it was opening day for the 410s, which is like late February, early March. And uh, we went there for that because they were having an open practice after the race. Mm-hmm. And, of course, it was a day show. So till we got on the track, it was basically like racing on asphalt. <laughs> so... You need to have your car very you know tight so it's not loose on you because you're you're you don't have a lot of grip whenever sure. the track's that dry and slick and uh the first couple of laps was like wow this this is definitely i mean I hadn't <laughs> drove a car in a long time and <laughs> and I had drove a micro sprint before this, so there's a huge difference oh
0: yeah
1: uh so it the the first year was definitely a learning curve the first half of the year was really rough I mean we were just wanting to uh, qualify for races. And then it became a deal where once we qualify, okay, let's shoot for a top 15. And you just slowly build and build and build. And I do think towards the end of the first year, we had either one or two second-place finishes. We almost wow. stole a win our first year towards the end of the year. And then the second year we came out, we struggled a little bit early, but then we did, like I said, get going middle of the year, and then we got better and better. We kind of fed off that. We we got our first win at the end of our second year, gotcha, okay. and then that was kind of our turning point. Yeah. From then on, I felt like
0: your confidence was, yeah, full and... I
1: felt like we were a, a, car that could win any night. We went to the racetrack mm-hmm. after we got that first win, just mm-hmm. because we were, uh, you kind kn- of, you, you 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 kind of know you can do it then. True. So, so like you said, your confidence racing as, as a driver standpoint, confidence goes a long long way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it does.
0: So, what uh, from a handling standpoint obviously mm-hmm. counter steering and, and mm-hmm. really when it's, it's starting to push and the understeer and everything else what are other elements in, in the physics of, of driving super sportsman that maybe the, the average listener may not
1: even be aware of so um i mean you covered a lot of it like i said the the one thing with the wingless cars versus the wing cars uh you definitely do a lot more counter steering just okay. because the car is not under you as much as it it, it is with the wing mm-hmm. um but I'm one that likes really, really good brakes. Um, I, I are, We kind of had a little problem with that Saturday night. We changed brake rotors and stuff after hot laps because my brakes weren't very good. Okay. I just like to have good brakes because I really like to charge the corners in traffic and stuff. And I feel like <clears throat> when you have guys in front of you, the last thing you want to do is run into them. So sure. when I go to use my brakes, I want solid Breaks. I don't want brakes that are spongy that mm-hmm. take because that's just kind of like an eerie feeling to have. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I've actually finished some races. I won a race at Path Valley one night um, a couple years back. I think it was two years ago. I got the lead, and with like eight to go, um, it was a fast track where we were running the top. So you don't use a lot of brakes when you're kind of rolling around the top on the cushion. Um, but yeah, like you a st- power on drift, Yeah, but you still need them. And one time I went to, to to just touch them a little bit, getting into the corner to set the car and they went to the floor. I had no brakes. My, we had, I can't remember. I think we broke a line. So all the brake fluid pushed out. So we had no brakes at all. So the last eight laps, it was kind of a little hairy because (laughs) if I would have jumped a cushion or something, Mm -hmm. we definitely would have been in the fence and probably upside down or who knows what. But I, am one that likes good brakes. I like, I I want good brakes all the time just because I feel like you can charge harder. Um, when you have good brakes. Are you left
0: foot on brakes so you can feather yeah. and everything? Okay. Yeah, so
1: you're, you have a, yeah. a brake pedal on the left and a throttle pedal on the right. Mm-hmm. And uh, like you said, as the track gets drier and drier throughout the night, a lot of times um, this may sound funny, but to go faster, you actually need to slow down. Meaning you need to, you're kind of throttling, you're kind of just in and out of the gas. So in other words, when it's real heavy, The more on the gas you can be, usually the better because you're you're getting max power down to the track and you're driving.
0: Gotcha.
1: As it gets slicker, now you have all this horsepower you're trying to get to to a slick track. Yep. So a lot of times you try to slow your wheel spin down so you're gripping the track, not just spinning on top of it. So so a lot of times, and a lot of drivers have problems with this, um, that you actually need to slow down to go faster as it gets drier. So,
0: and I noticed that um, when you're running hard against uh, Billy Brian, I mean, mm-hmm. he's a very smooth driver. You've mm-hmm. obviously become smoother and smoother with each season and, and yeah. each race. Um, I think that that falls right in line with your last point. Sometimes yeah. you can do those hard charges, but if you just stay real consistent and you mm-hmm. stay real smooth, that can get your ET or your as far as your, your lap times, bring yep. that down too.
1: Yep, yep, no doubt. Like I said, I mean, the biggest thing in, in dirt track racing, you know, everybody you know obviously you're going through the corner sideways but i'm not one that likes to actually what i call pitch the car in real hard i would Mm. rather drive the car because i feel like when you're pitching the car you're you're upsetting your tires and everything your 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 car is not as stable so i feel like the more you can drive in straight on the cushion and keep the car straight the more your tires are under you Mm -hmm. to me that's just um a little bit of common sense really because i mean that's my belief I mean I know guys that like to throw the cars in sideways and all that and slide and all that but I I still think at the end of the day yeah um, you're better when you can drive your car straight in and straight through the turn so especially when you have a cushion to to put your right rear against right and you were saying about uh, your cousin Barry and the the time you you were
0: helping to wrench and that type of thing Mm -hmm. what do you think I mean there's obvious advantages but for you personally what do you think has really helped with your your mechanical knowledge that experience with wrenching with your cousin so that when you come off of hot laps as a driver you can really speak
1: to what's happening with the Yeah, so I think to be a good race car driver, I know a lot of sprint car drivers just personally through through him and and through being around it all my life and uh, personally knowing them, usually the good sprint car drivers are the ones that have either worked on their race cars or, you know, you you have to know what your car is doing. So when you come in off the track you know, it, it, just for instance, if you go out in hot laps and it just, when you go in the turn and the front end wants to just push to the fence, that, mm-hmm. that's kind of like, <coughs> I'll start at that. that means your car is tight. So when your car is tight, typically you need more stagger. So you need more tilt in the car. Mm-hmm. So the car turns into the corner mm-hmm. um, or vice versa. If you go in and the car wants to come around on you in mm-hmm. the back, that means you're loose. Out. So you want to actually tighten up a little bit, take stagger out. Or you can adjust with air pressure or uh, shocks. Um, You know, there's a bunch of different things you can do. Moving your right rear, your left rear in or out. So we have a lot of different ways we can adjust um, the cars. But definitely, being around the setup part of it early on in my career helped me as a driver. There's no question. um, Just because I think that the the biggest thing is when you come off the racetrack to be a good driver, you got to be able to tell your mechanic. Here's what we need to do. This is and and I've been around some sprint car drivers when they've got out of their cars at the racetrack and they really have no clue what to tell their mechanic and wow. it just kind of kind of surprises me. It's like how they get this far with not knowing yeah. the track better than what they do, right? Or how what the car's doing because it, you know, I guess some people just pick it up different than others. But uh, but like I said, that's definitely a a big help because some of the best sprint car drivers <clears throat> in the country that's ever drove or anything usually are guys that either work on their own cars or know or definitely know right. how to came work on them. Way, they yep. Came up that way. They came up that way. Yeah, yeah, for for sure.
0: Now, do you have a radio back to your your crew? No, all okay. we
1: have is a uh, we have a one way radio where we can hear from the the uh, the officials. Okay. There's one official that'll talk to us and basically get us in line between the cautions they'll, they'll line mm-hmm. us up mm-hmm. they'll tell us where uh the computer scored us prior to the last caution sometimes we don't agree with it but we have to listen because well, that's yeah, where right, that's right. where we're at but yeah. uh but yeah so basically there's no two way radio radios allowed okay it's just uh what we can hear from from the officials in the booth and then really the only thing we can do with any kind of uh Communication would be just hand signals through the fence with mm-hmm. our with our team. Okay.
0: And how aware are you of what lap number you're on? Because I imagine after uh, if you're in
1: deep into a thirty
0: lap yeah. race
1: and you don't have the two way communication I don't I don't get a lot I mean I don't get a lot of time, but you do get a little bit of a chance when you come off a turn four, like at Path Valley, mm-hmm. and it's a small track. Right, you can glance real quick to the left and see the scoreboard okay. over okay. there, and okay. usually they have, you know, they keep up with it with the board. But obviously, under yellow, I'm always looking. I always look when we're under gotcha. yellow to okay. see to see where we're at. But um, if we go along, like if we take the green flag and, and we go quite a few laps without a yellow, I I will try to glance. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I'm not in heavy traffic Mm -hmm. uh, just to see where I'm at so I know how many laps are left because Mm -hmm. um, obviously that's important. (laughs) Well, sure. And
0: we were talking earlier about how you make those chest moves and you drop back and thread through and what have you. All that's happening so fast, do you find that it's almost um, you're just going off of your, your, your your instincts or are you at times when you're coming up, you're wheel to wheel, maybe you're two or three abreast on the back straight, what have you, do you ever feel like um I mean how do you, how do you keep manage
1: it all cuz there's a lot well, happening around you? Yeah, it is. I I just think maybe that's why certain people are maybe better at it than others. I think guys with good reflexes obviously they excel in racing because sure. I mean it, things happen so quick. Um typically when i go out before a race i try to drive around the first lap and just try to look at the surface and see where i think i need to run just by reading the soil the, the Do you clip, walk the track like ever that. or do you... i do sometimes mm-hmm. between uh okay. like the heat races and the feature um sometimes i don't get time my my uh, crew guys sometimes go out and check it out but uh it's just something that you know you just once you've the the more seat time the better you kind of sure. learn you kind of learn where typically you need to be on the track and you just kind of hope that, uh, the cars you're racing with are in the other lanes or you go to the other lanes they're not in, but <laughs> yeah, you got to have good reflexes and, uh, you just try to put yourself in the best position you can really. Yeah.
0: And that's something very interesting. Uh, when you said that it made me think about checking the track, but unique to dirt track racing, I think is, uh, it's a living, it's a living track. It's, mm-hmm. it's changing it's... from the time you, your heats to the time you feature, um, Granted, you can say that I guess about asphalt, that weather conditions and the and the temperature of the track and the, and all of that, but that the surface itself is changing its mm-hmm. pitch, its its density, everything is not going to be the way it was an hour previous.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, like I said, typically on a normal night, basically we're basically just tight tightening the car up as the night goes on because gotcha. the track's getting drier and drier and drier as right. the night goes. All the so moisture's coming out. All the moisture's coming out. Um, so typically the free the freest we have the car all night is for hot laps and then we tighten the car up a little for the heat race and then usually tighten the car up either either a little bit more or a lot more for the feature okay this this just for example this week we only tightened up a little bit for the feature and we probably should have went a little tighter i mean we finished second but we we definitely if we'd have been a little we would even been better this week but we just mm-hmm. the track kind of fooled us this week we mm. thought we didn't think it changed much from the heat to the feature but it actually did Okay, so yeah. and that's again it's a it's, it's a, a guessing game. And a guessing game. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's well, for you've sure. got a really
0: great crew around you. I yeah. know the think Binders and, and yeah. uh, everyone has been uh, really well working together. And like you said. Um, past that second season it all began to come together and click sure did did. well i'll give you a final word if you want to put a shout out to sponsors to car owner anything that you want to do i'm going to let you have the final word tony
1: yeah well i mean like i said we i wouldn't be doing this if it wasn't for trip and binder i mean like i said he he supplies us with uh basically the best you can buy you know we have good motors good chassis the whole nine yards all the products we need to succeed that's why we succeed um And, uh, obviously the guys that all help, uh, Derek Lay, good friend of mine for years. He lives just back the road here. Um, he helps every week. We, you know, it's, uh, just not like show up at the racetrack. You know, we have shop night through the week. So Mm -hmm. it's, you know, it's, there's a lot more goes into it than a lot of people think. Um, Joey Piper, another friend of mine just lives up the road, not that far. Uh, uh, Todd Schellenberger, Schellenberger, he's, uh, he's there, uh, all the time and he's been a great Really good help because he's been around racing all his life. He used to race go karts and stuff, so he uh, he has a lot of background knowledge. It helps, and then uh, and then obviously Trip um, he helps too with the owner and and setting the car up and all that. So basically, it's 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 those uh, those four guys and myself and uh, and then all of our sponsors. Um, we have McCoy Brothers Construction out of Carlisle. They've been with us since we've started. They've probably been our our best sponsor we've had, they've helped every year, and they're they they uh, they're a good group of guys. They come, support mm-hmm. us, and watch us. And then we have uh, Chaz Fingeminder from the Country Butcher Shop here in uh, Plainfield. He's been with us since we've started. Uh, Hip and Steel's Auto Service, which is just right up the road here mm-hmm. on 233. Mike, he's uh, been friends with Trip for years, and he's been with us since we've started. That's the thing. Most of our sponsors have been with us every year since we've started, and a lot of them try to make it to their aces too to watch us and support us which means a that's, lot
0: that's gonna say that's more than just a check
1: yeah exactly so uh and gary handmaker builds our motors you know they're uh they're great motors stay together for us and and uh so that's you mm-hmm. know we got a lot of power there um joey piper he has an advertising business he's the guy that helps in the car he throws in and helps when he can too so like i said we have a lot of a lot of uh a lot of good sponsors and a lot of good you know guys that help every week um week in week out and if it wasn't for that you know we wouldn't be sitting here talking about a championship obviously because it takes more than just like myself or trip it takes a lot of a lot of hands to make it Chelsea and the kids yeah I mean there's yeah like I said even if they're not in the pits they're there so and they're supporting us every week and cheering Mm -hmm. us on and and uh it's like I said this week after they were interviewing us at uh the (laughs) championship uh and this isn't a knock on anybody else that races at Path Valley, but I'm almost certain we have more people supporting us in the stands than any other single team there. because I agree, we, I agree. We take a lot of fans and that and Carlisle Newville contingency is there. Yeah, the they're they're real supportive, and uh, and well, you, that that means a lot. You, so. had, you want
0: to talk a little about the, you had some fans come in from Vegas, right? Yeah.
1: So I have. Uh, so I was referring a while ago to Barry, my cousin. Well, his sister Lisa which is my other cousin, you know, she's a cousin to me also. Her and her husband, uh, Vince, they live in Las Vegas. They moved out there, oh boy, I lose track of time, maybe six, seven years ago. Uh, And they came home and surprised my uncle and aunt this weekend (laughs) for their birthday. Mm -hmm. And uh, obviously they were in here for three or four days, and and they were uh, able to make it up Saturday night and and make it to the races which was pretty special since we were racing for the championship they yeah. were able to be there so that was pretty cool and and they've always been race fans growing up obviously um lisa grew up with barry because obviously he's been in racing all his life too so they follow the races a lot so that was pretty cool they were here but yeah it was we're uh, we're lucky to have the support we have Yeah, you do. so that's excellent
0: well thank you very yeah. much and uh, to the <laughs> cubers and the fans of cars of carlisle be sure to check check out tony jackson Anything as far as with your, your business or even with a, any websites or things that they can find, more information on, on the race team? We
1: don't really we don't really have a website or anything. We've we've never really got it I mean really the only place to keep up with us is uh Path Valley Speedway has a website. Okay. Um like I said, we're we're gonna be racing there again next year. Um that'll be our uh main focus, Path Valley again. Um we, we may venture out and do a couple wing shows at BAPS um susquehanna speedway this year or next year also that's still <clears throat> up in the air a little bit but uh we'll definitely be uh racing about the same schedule as we did uh as we did this year all right
0: well it's been my pleasure to sit down with uh, the 2019 champion so thank you very much tony and wish you a great evening yep. thank you welcome back to studio a here at cars and carlisle studios thank you to tony for taking time to sit with me on this back porch and talk all about his racing career it was a really enjoyable time so let's go with the trivia question and I think what I asked you all at the beginning of the show is simply this what are some three differences between a sportsman race car and a sprinter well for one a sportsman wheelbase must be at least 90 inches a sprint car has a a narrower wheelbase from front to back than that one major difference, obviously, is that there are no wings on a sportsman. And as you heard Tony say, it takes a different kind of driving. You really have to muscle and work the car and feel that finesse. Uh, that's a unique part of that. Uh, and one other difference, too, is the, the way that the, the body of the car is shaped. On a sprint car, the width of the car, if you're looking at it down from staying at the front of it looking down, it stays relatively the same width uh, on the tub or run, running down the whole length. Whereas on a super sportsman, it tends to flare out as you get to the rear of the vehicle. That also makes the cockpit bigger um, in the Supersportsman, and and some say whether or not that has anything to do with the safety or not having that extra room for the the driver. Uh, One other difference to mention is that uh, the frame is slightly different. On the uh, Supersportsman it has two by four box tubing for the bottom frame rails. And uh, that just is a a different type of of reinforcement to the chassis itself. And one other Difference to bear in mind is that uh, while a sprint car typically is fuel injected, super sportsman tends to be carbureted. Before we wrap, I want to say thank you to everyone for coming in week after week, listening, downloading. Those that subscribe, you know the benefits. It automatically is queued up into into your podcast queue, and you have it there waiting for you each Tuesday night, Wednesday morning. To those that haven't yet subscribed, it's free. It takes only a couple minutes. And while you do that, go out to iTunes and rate and review. If you give us five stars, that would be amazing. Drop me an email at carsofcarlide.com, and I'll be sure to mention you. So thank you so much, guys. You are what this podcast is about. It is about the car community and car culture. Without the people, it would be nothing. Thank you. For now, I'll say drive well, be well, and take care.